Hello and welcome to the Serious Writer Podcast. I'm Kyle Young and I'm here with my co-host with the most, Bethany Jett. Hi, Bethany. Hey. Bethany, I have a hard time saying hello to you when you... (laughs) But I don't expect to see your gloved hand wave at me. <laughs> so I'm wearing gloves because we're touching books today and I'm allergic. We're touching books today and Bethany's allergic to paper, glue, everything in books. Ink, Ink. probably. I don't even know. Yeah. You're probably allergic to every single thing that makes up a book. Um, yeah. So I'm really glad I don't have a tattoo, actually, because I would be allergic to it. That's true. That's probably very good that you don't have a tattoo, so you're not allergic to it. So this is not a episode about tattoos, <laughs> but it is about books. So... <laughs> All right, we're talking today about our favorite book resources that for writers. Uh, I'm going to share at every kind of stage or facet of genre. And so um, let's get started, Bethany. I mean, I don't think we would be where we are today without other writers writing books with great resources for writers. And so, um, yeah, let's let's kind of jump into it. I'm going to go number one that every writer should have. Just going to go number one. Okay. Um, or, or one number one category. This is um, this is a, a writer's market guide. This is the Christian market when there's a general market when they publish these every year. Um, what it does is it tells you what pu- pu- publishing companies do what, who works where, what they're looking for. Um, I quit buying it in 2019 because the world fell apart right after that. Uh, I got the other one, the, the general market one around here somewhere. I don't really use these anymore because I'm an agent. And so I pretty much know all this information. Uh, that's in here for the most part. I have my own spreadsheets, but when you're new, this is a great resource for you. So you you should own one. I don't think you have to buy one every year, though. I don't think that's a thing. So I think you buy one uh, when you feel like it's starting to get outdated, get one. I'll probably pick up one in 2023 once the world settles down a bit and see see which publishing companies are still uh, there. It's so, so sad. It's so sad, but Get, get a writer's market guide. I encourage you to do that. I know you've used a writer's market guide. There's lots of different ones. There's some big ones by Writer's Digest. There's some other ones by other companies. And so you just need one. Like you don't have to buy all of them. It's uh, they are expensive. Publications and Michelle Medlock Adams, our friend, always talks about the trade journals in the back. It's a good way to break into freelance writing because they pay well. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's not just books. It's It's all kinds of publishing. It's trade journals. It's magazines. It's articles sometimes on there i think some websites so uh, a lot of it's paying gigs and so you can kind of break into the the, the road of writing through those so like it's, it's a great way to learn the ropes and kind of cut your teeth and then figure out how to get published so that's one i think is a, a number one category there what do you got next what category do you want me to go to i have fiction it's up to you i've got i got my stacks ready so okay. wherever you go to is where we're going all right so One of my top books is called Dancing on the Head of a Pen by Robert Benson. And this is the book that... I've never heard of that book, but yeah. Okay, good. It's called The Practice of a Writing Wife, Dancing on the Head of a Pen. And this this book... Did you say Practice of a Writing Wife? Life. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, I didn't know I was going to buy that book or not. But I... (laughs) So Dancing on the Head of a Pen is The Practice of the Writing Life. All right, tell us about it. Well, now I want to tell you a story. (laughs) Oh, no. He said, "Why?" I opened up the can. <laughs> you did. So my son went to camp this week, and they did a rules video. The whole organization, and one of the one of the rules was, <laughs> I should not say this on air. I'm so sorry. This is where the edit button's about to go. In three, two, one. So it's teenagers, and they said, yeah. "Don't take a life. Don't make a life. 
don't take a wife. <laughs> the rules. That, yeah, that was I mean, wonderful. That's actually quite clever. So it's my new rule for my three children. Yeah. <laughs> that actually covers quite a bit, actually. That's a good rule. You need to text it to me later so I can I can establish that for my it's kids. Good, so right? Yeah. Oh man, that's it good. died. Okay, dancing on the head of a pin. So People believe in writer's block. Some people don't believe in writer's block. But when I was ghostwriting a book, I was so stuck for a few weeks and we didn't have weeks to be stuck. And I had started this book, put it down. I read it so fast, maybe within an hour or two. And it was like the floodgates opened and I was right. able to write again. And it's just short essays. It That's is good. a top three book for me. If that top three. Anything. All right. Yes. So. Dancing on the Head of a Pen, P-E-N, by Robert Benson. Okay, that's that works. Okay, so we're at what category do you have that in? Uh, overall writing. Kind of right, like the right, Writer's right, Market right, Guide with, is overall writing. I'm going to stick with overall writing. We're still in the overall writing. Here we go. All right, so overall writing for me would be, I don't have any more. So I'm going to take us into a more. category. We got I one more. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. So the other one is On Writing by Stephen King, which is the oh, book a, I read that's, that's every, yeah. every few years. Every time I read it, and I've read it several times, somewhere in the middle of the book, I always have the same thought. And I think, I'm not going to think this again this time. And I always do. And it's just the genius of who he is as a writer comes out. And I can't help but stop and just kind of be in awe of the craft and his yeah, skill. That's, that's a great book. Yeah. yeah. I, I have on writing somewhere, somewhere around my house, but it's not one of my go-tos. I haven't went to my go-tos, but I will go to my go-tos. All right. Okay. So. Everybody should own the Writer's Market Guide because you need to sell books. Not, it's not to me. It's not a, the most important books about writing, but that's a good resource, and we're doing book resources. To me, one of the I don't have the other one because uh, I gave it to my daughter because she's writing. But these books, these books, number one resource in writing. Wait. This is the positive trait thesaurus. The uh, the blue the blue one is missing. The emotions thesaurus. There's the negative trait thesaurus. And there's the rural setting thesaurus here. These thesauruses are just great resources for you because when you're, this is for fiction. When you're writing fiction, you get stuck uh, and you don't know how to describe like, what if you're, what if you're 60 and you're trying to write a teenager's bedroom? Guess what? It says teenager's bedroom right there in the book. It tells you the sights, the sounds, the smells, the taste, the textures and sensations, the possible sources of conflict, the people commonly found there, related settings that may tie in with the house, settings, notes, and tips, and settings, descriptions, examples, techniques or devices used, resulting effects. That's all it says for basically each one. So if I want to know what a teenage bedroom looks like, smells like, sounds like, they've got the resource and they keep it updated constantly. They have a website too, and it's always constantly updated. Wow. So when technology changes, guess what? They're keeping it updated. That's that's the rural setting, the source. But they have a they have a city setting, they have all of them. Then the negative trait, the source that it's basically. How do I describe that someone's foolish? Well, I could talk about the definition, the similar flaws, the possible causes, the associated behaviors and attitudes, the associated thoughts the character could have, the emotions the character could have, the positive and negative aspects, examples from literature like Don Quixote, overcoming how, how to overcome the trait with the character throughout the book, and then traits in, the, the, in supporting characters that may cause conflict with the foolish character, like intelligence, responsibility, proper, being proper. So like, this one goes through negative. The other one goes through positive. And then you have emotions. So if I want to know how to draw, like describe a happy character, I don't have to have that character laugh every other line, which is what happens for new writers. And so it gives you ways to describe a happy character without saying the very common cliche phrases. So for me, 
these two authors, Angela Ackerman and Becca Puglish, I think number one, if you're writing fiction, got to have these on the shelf. You got to use them or you got to have the website. I like the physical books. Uh, I keep buying them as I, as I go. It's, it's must have that my, my number one must have fiction, these books. How often do you replace that? Like you mentioned, you don't buy the writer's market guide every year. How often do you buy those? Um, I like, okay. So here's the thing. I, I would buy it as I felt it was outdated, right? These, hmm. I don't think they're really outdated. A teenage bedroom usually has the most of the same stuff. I know what technology is today. Cause I'm a tech guy. So, um, the words, the words you got to stay up on. They don't have a lot of words like bussing, which is common right now for a lot of teens. Like, uh, um, you, you want, you want just, if your character's saying cool or that's, that's, um, I forget some of the older terms <laughs> that that doesn't jive with me. <laughs> like um, you can't that, like that doesn't work. Right. Like bussing's a big thing right now. Um, I haven't heard that cap, one, but no cap. okay. Cap is yeah. my middle son's favorite word. He says it to the point yeah. where it's almost disrespectful. now. <laughs> yeah. Thank TikTok for that. And that's kind of cap. No cap's kind of going out of people got sick of it. So um, I am. <laughs> if you want to know what those are, you say on TikTok, but like these, these great resources, my number one for fiction, I got more fiction, but like, uh, do you have a fiction book? Yeah. Oh, well, just for anyone who's listening, who's like, what does cap mean? It means fake. So like if, if Kyle said this is the best book ever, I'd be like, that's cap. I mean, yeah. no, it's not. Um, and sus, which I think is really funny for suspicious. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. Fiction. This is a book I haven't read. I have two fiction books and I'm just to, dipping my toes into fiction. I haven't read this, but this is my mom's, one of my mom's most favorite books. And this is her copy. And my mom's a best-selling novelist. Just uh, for anyone who's wondering, self-editing for fiction writers. How to edit yourself. Rennie, Rennie Brown and Dave King, second yeah. edition. Browning King. Good. She loves this book. Um, yeah, I, I, I know a lot of people that love that book. I would prefer other people to edit me, but yes, that's a great one for people. Your mom turns in pretty clean manuscripts. Very clean. So like, obviously she's read that book quite a bit. That's a, that's a good one for general fiction. I don't have any other general fiction here. So I got um, genre fiction. So do you have general, you got story Trump. Structure. that's a great book. Yeah. I love story Trump structure by our friend, Stephen James. Yep. It has helped me with my nonfiction. Tell story. In yeah. No, it's just, that is a great, great book, book to turn it, turn everything upside down and rethink everything. Yeah. Great book. That's a great book. You that's should, it for everybody me. should read that one through at least once. I think. So. Um, I don't and have any children's books. So. Well, we're not children. We're still in fiction. I'm okay. just in genre fiction now. Let's go through some genre. Oh, no, this is general fiction, I guess. This book right here. This is a found on. I found this self-published on, on um, Amazon. I love it. It's a Millennium Phrase book. And it's similar in some ways to the, the Emotions Thesaurus, except this is just a bunch of phrases. And it's just phrases. So it, it'll give me like a browse. Like if you want to describe a character's browse, it just gives you literally two two pages of brows how to describe them like, like eyebrows an arch brow uh arched a brow mockingly a frown snapped between her brows brows dark and foreboding cocked a brow at her silence dark slash of brows like it like because you just like you just say things in the rote right and so this is just someone giving you ways to describe body parts colors body movements in a way that if you read through this you can masculine traits, feminine traits. You can really how characters like kiss or passionate, fall in love. You know, a lot of it, a lot of those romance writers, different ways to describe like pants and shorts. It's just phrases. Uh, it's not really talking to the depth of emotion or any of that. It's just literally how to describe something on paper. I think it's great for all fiction. 
Um, this would be a general fiction. I, f- I found online, like, I, I I haven't been able to find one better. This is it. There's probably an updated one now. I bought it for I bought it before COVID. <laughs> Everything I bought before COVID. <laughs> so. Who wrote that? Uh, Rebecca Andrews. I don't know who Be- Rebecca Andrews is. This is second edition. There's probably there's probably a new revised one out there by now. But great book. You buy it. When you said millennium, I thought millennial, but that's not. It's not a millennials phrase book. I think it came out at the millennium. So ah. I think. Let me see. Is there a copyright in it? So it might need to be updated. Uh, 2007. Yeah, 2007. Second printing, 2013. So I bought this after 2013. I want to go. I don't, know, I don't know why it's millennium. Maybe there's a thousand in there. I don't know. Oh, so, I want to go buy some of these. And we will put a list of all of these books in the show notes. All right. Romance. Let's go romance. I, I like, love romance. I love chick flicks. I love romance books. I don't actually read a lot of romance books, um, but I love watching romance movies. <laughs> so we like Hallmark um, and uh, cheesy movies. Like So some books that I think good resources. I like this book, Best 100 Romance Novels. Here's why I like it. I've actually read through a lot of this. I know about the romance novels because guess what? It tells me all about the book. So the number one romance novel of all time for this book is, uh, I forget. Let's see. It is number one, 16 Lighthouse Road by Debbie Macomber. Oh, I love her. We might actually get her on our podcast, on, on our seven podcast. No. Number one of all time. It tells me all about the setting, the book, the story. And so why I think this is great for romance writers is if you want to know the best-selling books and the story, the plot, the setting of all time, you can, you know, Outlander's in here at number 90 or 56. So It's a good book. Um, so, like, you can learn about the books without having to read them all. You can get the story. So I think it's great for just research. If you want new ideas, great springboard. Next. We had the Millennium Phrase Writers book. Then I found the Romance Writers Phrase book. Now, this is specifically for romance novelists. So there's a lot of love stuff in here. A L- little, little spicy at times, so because it's just giving you phrases. Um, and so if you don't want a spicy book, maybe avoid the Romance Writers one. Um, but it's, that's not the purpose of the book, but it is a part of the book. And it's just it's really just about... Um, describing characters falling in love facial expressions this lady is from um ohio her name's jean kent and candace shelton and they put these phrases together i love these little phrase books like they're they're just great because if i ever get stuck i'm like all right why, why am i stuck what am i trying to describe and i go back here and find it or i know your mom likes to do this i put in there um romantic kiss and then just move on Right. Then I go back later and I'll I'll go to a phrase book and I'll figure out how I want to describe the kiss and, and I'll you know those type of things. But right. That's my romance stuff. You got any stuff for romance? No. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna keep going. Genre fiction. All right, here we go. Uh, I'm gonna put these together because they're they're similar. Action sci-fi or action uh, action sci-fi. Action. I got another phrase book. I love phrase books. So this is an action one. It talks about how to describe sword fighting, strangling by device, silencers. Strangling by hands, um, you know, uh, it's it's the action writer's phrase book. Oh, sorry. It talks about how, how to describe cold and ice, earth and stone elements, you know, all the things that would come up, bombs, all that stuff, explosions, crushing, crushing of violent death of body organs. Obviously, that would happen in an action book. Um, so this is by Jackson Dean Chase. He's got a whole series. He's got science fiction. It's even it's really thick. There's a fantasy one. He's pretty much got anything that's in that realm. He's got it. So. I love writer's phrase books because when you have that dreaded writer's block, last through the writer's block, they're great. So awesome. Um, now, no, the book that made me love writing. Oh, 
this book right here. It is called How to Write Science Fiction and Fantasy by Orson Scott Card. Now, I met Orson Scott Card, and it was amazing. And I met him in, in, uh, in New York City. And he's one of my favorite authors, author of Ender's Game and All Kinds Sphere, Andromeda Stray. Oh, no, that's sorry. That's Michael Crichton. <laughs> Orson <laughs> Scott Card is Ender's Game and other books. Um, but like this book, I read it when I was like a teenager, like in middle school. And so I bought an updated version because I lost the one I had all my notes in. Oh, no. It really made me fall in love with the idea of writing. So I'm gonna throw that in there for my my, my guy Orson Scott Card. But that's all I got in, in in fiction or genre fiction. I hate that you lost your book with the notes in it, though. Yeah, well, it's probably my mom's house somewhere, but I don't know. Probably got thrown away. But I didn't think to keep it, you know, 35 years ago. Right. <laughs> so, um. Yeah. So that's what I got there. What do you want to go to next? I have uh, the only thing I have left is marketing. Oh yeah, we're, 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 we we got we got to keep going on writing. Let's yeah. See. All right. Well, we did fiction, um, nonfiction. You kind of we kind of covered nonfiction a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's I don't really have any nonfiction books I go to for writing um, skills. I think the best stuff I've learned in nonfiction stuff is actually in uh, getting it at practice practicums. Yeah. So I've learned more about nonfiction writing getting edited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Than uh, so, but. There's one Maybe I we'll mention. need to do nonfiction resource books. Yeah, I can mention this one. Um, like I said, our friend uh, Michelle that I mentioned earlier, she loves this book. I think her, the author's name is Eva Shaw, and it's called uh, The Ghostwriting Guide to Ghostwriting. Mm. It's hard to find. You can still get them from Amazon used, though. But she um, she swears by that book. It's what got her started. And then mm. she became a New York Times bestselling ghostwriter. So I feel like if you're interested in ghostwriting, yeah. find a copy of that book. Yeah, that, yeah that's great. So children's, let's go. The number one resource you need in children's writing. Uh, there's no question. Do you know what it is? Probably the children's writer's market guide. No. <laughs> writing and selling children's books in the Christian market from Four Books to YA by Kyle Young and Michelle Medlock Adams. Come on, Fancy. I teach you up for that one. I teach you. You really did. Failure. I should, we should end know? this podcast right now. That's failure. You, well, you know um, what? I showed you my books before we got on and you kept yours below the camera. Yeah, I didn't show. I didn't show. You. I want to spoil the surprise. Why I think this this isn't because like I'm I'm in it. It's because like we got the best writers that we knew and put them all in a book. People that have sold extremely well, uh, who know how to write. We've got editors in here doing interviews. It is a great resource for you as a writer with people who have sold at every level and are successful now today. Stephen James in there who wrote Story Trump Structure. Some of my best selling authors. Um, there are there are children's authors in here who have written over 400 books and have them published by some of the biggest publishers. And so pu- there's authors in here who have millions and millions and millions of books sold all the way down to those just breaking in right now in the market and telling you how to do what you do. And so if we got the best advice and we asked, here's the thing we did. We asked the people who we knew specialize in certain things to write about what they specialize in. And so that's why I think it's it's a gold mine. But Shameless self plug right there. <laughs> the chapter on writing nonfiction YA is my favorite. Yeah, that is, that, that's your chapter because I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> so Bethany's in here too. But all right, next thing, the Shameless. children's writers word book for childrens. This just tells you what words are age appropriate for kids. And so, if you want to write poetry or uh, nonfiction or fiction for children, and you want to know what age children start speaking the word fascinate, guess what? It's fifth grade. It's fifth grade. That's when they learn it. So if you want an easier word for them, you might say charm. That's a third grade word. 
Um, another word might be, uh, let's see, exquisite. They learn in sixth grade for the most part. And so if you want an easier word, you might want to use the word perfect, which they learn in third grade. Or the word say, let's pick a different word here. Uh, partition. Partition is a, they learn in sixth grade, but fence or wall is a first grade level word. So those are, those are, this is a great resource to teach, to write for, for kids, because a lot of times when I see submissions for children, the words are adult words and the kids don't know the words and they can't comprehend the words because they haven't learned the meaning of the words. So I think this right. is a must. If you're a children's writer, you got to have a children's word book and you got to use it. Yeah. Mm, that's the key is using the book. That's all my books. What else you got? Marketing. Marketing. All right, let's go to marketing. I really pared it down to just two, but there's a lot of great books out there. Okay. Let's go. One of my all-time favorite books. One of the few that I have like post-it noted and That's highlighted a lot of notes, yeah. throughout. It is called You Are a Brand by Catherine Caputa. I hope that's how you say her last name. She has a series of Caputa. books. Okay. And I'm excited to read the rest of them. I had to read this for my master's class. One of the brand classes that we took pretty yeah. early on. And it's one of my most favorite books. And I recommend it all the time. You this are a book. Okay. You need to read this book. It's amazing. It'll tell you how to get started. Why, why you don't have to think of branding as something outside of yourself. It's you. And so she Love helps it. kind of put that into you so that marketing doesn't become this ugly four letter word that so many writers hate. It's right. you doing you sharing value. And it's just so easy to read. And she makes it sound so easy because she walks you step by step. Catherine yeah. Caputa, one of my favorite books ever. That makes sense, yeah. And, okay, I have one more. Do you know who the author of this book would be? One of my heroes. I don't know which book it is, so let's see. <laughs> Gary oh, Vaynerchuk. Jab, Jab, Ride Hook by Gary Vaynerchuk. How to jab, 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 right noisy hook. social work. All right. So actually, book. this book is good. It's, it's a little older, but he goes through all the different social media platforms and shares examples of um, different companies and what they did right, what they did wrong, how to fix it. I learned a lot. And I have another one too by him that changed my life. It's called Crushing It, which is downstairs, not in my office. Okay. And that book changed my life on page like two, oh. which I think is page nine in the book. But that's a book I recommend too. Anything by Gary Vaynerchuk. That's great. Well, I think those are great resources. I think he's like, hopefully um maybe we'll when we put this up as a post we'll put all the book links for people but yeah you hopefully can go back and listen to this or write the take notes and get these books but um i think these are great resources depending on what you're doing uh i love the phrase books but you don't have to have all of them um i think that if you get the 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 thesauruses that's a great start if you if you're limited income limited budget just go get the thesaurus get the emotion one the you'll get the idea and it'll help spark you on the new ideas. And the Millennium Phrase book is one that can spark you in a lot of directions too. So those be, to me would help you at any level, even with children's, they can help you. But, and if you, of course, you're a children's writer, you got to get writing and selling. Children's books are very smart from book to white. And it's good for both markets. It's good for any market. It's just good. It's good training. So Writing and selling children's books. Mm-hmm. Yep. I got young and Michelle Miller. I got a shameless plug number two. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been an episode of the Steers Right Podcast. We hope this helps you. We hope you get some great resources and we will catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye.